Welcome to the Industry.Beauty's In Conversation podcast, where we invite you to tune into the stories of beauty's most inspirational leaders. From the history of their careers to the current priorities for their businesses and advice for their fellow beauty friends, these conversations cover it all. Charlotte Knight is a beauty entrepreneur and the founder of Seattle London, Lottie London and Skin Proud. Her first brand, Seattle London, launched in 2009 and Lottie London in 2014 and are both known for their range of makeup and nail products. In 2020, Charlotte then entered the skincare market with the launch of her third and most recent brand, Skin Proud. Charlotte speaks to me, Sophie Smith, news and features writer at the industry.beauty, to talk about her journey to launching three successful businesses, the differences between launching a brand in 2009 versus 2020, and how TikTok has benefited her brands. Hi Charlotte, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, I'm super good. Thank you so much for having me. Could you just tell me a little bit about your career background? Yeah, of course. So I have been in the world of beauty for, gosh, over two decades now. Um, I started my career initially in the world of interior design, working for a large property development company. And I think when I spent a couple of years there, I quickly learned that I just loved all things creative. I learned a lot about the business side of things and saw kind of like what was involved um, behind the scenes to actually bring a project to life. Um, but still kind of had this real passion for beauty. So I kind of started to carve out a career as a session nail technician um, in my late teens, early 20s, um, and really catapulted a career super quickly, started traveling the, the globe, designing runway looks for leading designers such as Alexander McQueen, um, Tom Ford, Stella McCartney, uh, Vivian Westwood, to name a few, um, and obviously doing uh, front cover magazine shoots for major celebrities, etc. And I guess through this time, I just was able to unleash so much creativity. I was kind of creating these amazing runway looks um, and kind of mixing and playing with pigment behind the scenes. And that's what really led me to create my first brand because when I was spending so much time behind the scenes and and I always used to custom create the colours for any look uh, to create that perfect nude to complement the model skin tone or the perfect red. And people used to say to me, you know, where do I, where can I buy this polish? But obviously it was a mixture of multiple brands, multiple shades to create this shade. Um, And so that kind of made me think, how could I kind of how could I turn this into something tangible? How could I actually take these shades I'm creating and, and make them available to more people? Because obviously hand making those shades, you haven't quite got consistency and it's not really something that you can um, scale um, to, to, to any kind of uh, size. So um, I took the, I bit the bullet back in 2009 and, and actually created Ciarte. Um, you know, initially started life as a nail brand stemming from my years and years and years working as a, a session nail technician. So kind of uh, always been in the industry in some capacity. And uh, obviously here we are today with um, all that we're doing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you started Ciarte in, 2009 so when did you think oh well now I'm going to go on to my next brand can you just run me through a timeline of that a little bit 
Yes, 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 of course. So for many years, Ciate was predominantly a nail brand um, and we did some incredible innovation in nail. We were very much dubbed the nail innovators of that time, launching these real runway looks and bringing them to the retail shelf, allowing um, a customer to become a master nail tech in their own home, giving them all the tools that they needed to create these amazing looks. And so we kind of became very much known for innovation in texture, pigment. Um, and so we decided back in 2015 to actually unleash that creativity in the world of color. And we added, um, we added, um, you know, our skill set and our talent in creating innovation and disruption in these areas and placing that into, um, all things colour cosmetics. And so that kind of was like the evolution and the diversification of the Ciate brand. Um, and at that same kind of time, the, you know, the platforms, the social media platforms were getting larger and larger and larger. Um, and so we decided that, you know, we wanted to have a brand that was reactive to trend, where Ciate was kind of creating the trend and being this fearless brand that was willing to put never been seen formulations and delivery systems out to the market. We wanted a brand that was much more accessible in price point, really spoke to that Gen Z consumer, but also reacted to trends that she was seeing blow up on YouTube, social media, etc. So that was when Lottie was born. So Lottie um, created around 2015, 2016. Um, and then our third brand that we added to the stable was Skin Proud that we launched in 2020, just as the world was going into a full lockdown. <laughs> so obviously, Ciate and Lottie London are primarily sort of makeup and nail care brands. So what inspired you to launch Skin Proud and skincare? So I, so I have a daughter who is turning 17 next month. And, you know, watching her grow up and kind of having her various stages of glow up, as she would call it, and kind of, you know, going from this you know, little little lady to becoming a young woman, watching her experiment with makeup over the years always um, inspired me with Lottie. But then what when she started to kind of have this um, interest in skincare and looking after her skin, it really sparked a lot of interest for me because it was clear to me that the space wasn't necessarily easy to navigate um, if you were new to skincare and it was your kind of first, and you don't have to just be, you know, a young 15, 16 year old to be new to skincare. Some people are only starting a skincare uh, regime much later in life um, and, and starting to look to, to how to better care for their skin. And so really kind of going on that journey with her as her mother, it, it led me to explore what was out there in the market. How easy was it for someone to understand? Were you able to easily in a retail environment know exactly what you need for your skin, how you should use it, how you should pair products together? What kind of concoctions or formulas could be dangerous, not dangerous, but could be harmful to the skin used together? Um, and when is, you know, when do we have to think about that balance of aggressively um, treating the skin versus, you know, acting with skin kindness, allowing the body's ecosystem to naturally repair itself? Because, you know, for many years now, years now these very kind of high potency acids have been available, you know, in the retail, in the retail side of things. And, People have, you know, skin have gotten used to using these kind of 
very, very high percentage of acids. But, you know, that's not good for everybody's skin and certainly is not good over a long period of time because eventually your skin stops being able to repair itself. And our bodies are masters at self-repair, but we've got to allow it to be able to self-repair and and obviously not destroy the skin barrier. Um, And so through this journey going hand in hand with my daughter, it kind of let me, you know, made me realize that there was a great opportunity here for us to do something amazing in skincare, to create a super transparent range of skincare that was easy to use, easy to understand, everything being, um, you know, with symbols. So you understand what part of the day to use it, how to layer the skincare. um, And also, you know, watching her grow up with social media so prevalent in her life. It is astounding to me how much this younger demographic, even even older demographic, but how much they alter their skin, how much they, you know, face tune their skin, use filters, and the mental health problems have never been so rife with this age group, with this demographic, because they live their life on screen, watching how other people supposedly live their life, how they look perfect and immaculate because they've photoshopped their imagery or they have a filter on. And so this was so disturbing to me that, you know, how are we going, how is how are people going to accept their skin anymore if they only ever show up with a filter on their skin, um, which, you know, alters everything and so it you know for many years it was not okay to have breakouts on your skin it wasn't okay to have imperfections and so through skin proud we wanted it to be more than skincare we wanted it to be a platform to say be proud of your imperfections as well as your um, perfections. It is okay to have irregular tone and texture on your skin. You know, this may happen. Don't use filters. Don't retouch your skin. Um, and just accept who you are. And, uh, you know, that that's everything that we, we take into the skincare brand. You know, we as a company have made a pledge never to retouch any of our imagery, never to use any filters um, because it's so important, you know, we have to practice what we preach. Um, and we just, you know, encourage our, you know, our community just to be proud of who they are, you know, regardless of skin tone, skin texture, skin imperfections. Um, and so, yeah, very close to my heart as a brand, um, because of how, how the kind of concept and, and idea started. And, you know, we, we are super excited of, of, of where the brand is headed. Absolutely. So obviously you mentioned that you sort of started it in a bit of a turbulent time, let's say. Uh, How would you say that was and how the brand has progressed since then? So, I mean, look, we we were due to launch the brand um, in, uh, sorry, in March 2020. And obviously the world completely changed. And we are the type of company that don't like to pause, but instead pivot and re-look at all of our strategies, look at everything that we set out to do and pivot to ensure that we can still meet our objectives. And so, you know, let's let's face it, through lockdown, people were wearing less makeup and actually taking a deeper interest in their skin. You know, people had never looked at themselves so much in that period as they did, you know, from Zoom calls and team calls. And you, you found yourself looking at your complexion all day, every day, 
Um, and definitely people took a much kind of more serious approach to actually, I want to now start taking care of my skin, my skin more. And, uh, you know, it was just great timing. Had we just about to launch a big collection of 30 shades of lip colour? Uh, I don't think it would have been such uh, a timely launch. But I think, you know, skincare was a category that actually soared through lockdown because everyone just also needed that bit of self-love and self-care um, through those kind of unprecedented times. So, you know, we've just grown from strength to strength since that time. And we used that time to really build our brick and mortar strategy for once it was all over. Like, how are we going to come out that gate, you know, with great momentum? And it was all of the planning and all of the the work the team did during that period of lockdown that enabled us to get the momentum um, and the exponential growth that we've had um, since that time. Yes. And obviously, you had the other two brands to deal with as well. How did you sort of manage them all during that time? What was that like? (laughs) Well, it was obviously it was challenging because nobody knew what was going to happen. We none of us knew how long it was going to last, you know, what the long term effects were going to be. Um, You know, thankfully for us, we operate an omni channel strategy. So where some channels were completely, you know, shut down and, 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 and completely kind of dried up through that period, such as brick and mortar. You know, we thrived on our e-commerce channels. We have an an amazing subscription channel. And so we were able to navigate those times because of our diversified business model. I think, you know, for brands that only are present in brick and mortar, it would have been incredibly, incredibly challenging because, you know, all of the stores were closed. Managing three brands, of course, it was you know, a lot of work and a lot of planning. Thankfully, both Ciate and Lottie have a nail category um, and, 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 and an amazing one. And nail was a category that flourished as well during um, lockdown. So, you know, because we have such a diversified business across brand, across channel, across category, I think we were able to you know, move through those times um, as as best we could. I know that social media is quite a big part across all three of your brands and including a bit about TikTok. So I'd just Mm. quite like to ask why you've chosen TikTok to sort of amplify the brand. So, I mean, TikTok is super, uh, super successful for us, um, mostly for Lottie and Skin Proud. You know, those two brands are very much targeted at Gen Z slash millennials. Um, and this is where that demographic lives out of, you know, the most apart from Snapchat, but Snapchat is not, you know, particularly brand, uh, brand, it's not a place for brands to be. That's their own place. They don't want brand, they don't want brands to be on Snapchat. They want that to be their own place where they can communicate freely between them. So TikTok, I mean, look, it's just a wonderful platform where users can consume art and animal and dance and DIY and beauty TikToks endlessly. Um, Such a place to create unique content. There's unique communities. and, And I think that this creates such a diverse audience. Um. The platform itself makes it super easy and affordable to create authentic and engaging video content. So that in itself is a huge plus um, for TikTok. And, you know, we very much see the app as, as an outlet for expression, fun, humor, creativity. 
And they are really the essence of our brands as well. You know, Lottie, for example, is this rebellious brand. It's all about self-expression and creativity and showing up how you want to show up. You know, there are no rules. Um, Be as you are. Um, And I think that TikTok mirrors that DNA in such a beautiful way. Um, And also there's such a prevalence of trends that derive from TikTok. And we love that, you know, the fact that we can have viral moments ourselves on TikTok or we can get excited by a trend that's blowing up on TikTok and let that inform and educate us on our kind of product development or marketing strategies. So, um, you know, I just, you know, we've seen such great success from it. I think it's super, I mean, the engagement says it all, you know, so um and you don't have the same challenging algorithms that you have to overcome on Instagram and Facebook which has made it really challenging for brands um to see the return on investment quite frankly yeah it is quite remarkable to see like how quick something can go like viral just on TikTok alone it just completely just pushes the other social media out the water sometimes I think but like compared to obviously when you first started your first brand back in 2009 I feel like YouTube was barely a thing then let alone anything like TikTok how how has it been like to watch the progression and how the shift in marketing if that makes sense I mean obviously it's just it's just completely different Instagram launched I think in 2010 so when we launched Ciate, Instagram was not even around. YouTube, YouTube was very much in its infancy. I think it had only been around three or four years and was not necessarily somewhere someone would go to watch beauty tutorials. Um, and Facebook, I think Facebook existed, but certainly not as it is today. And so back then, so much of our marketing um, focus was more traditional avenues, you know, traditional PR. I remember working on, you know, I remember having this stress all the time that five months before launch, we needed photo-ready samples for long lead press. Can you imagine? Like, there's not even, I'm not even sure how much we discuss that anymore. You know, the odd time we have to do it for long lead, but the the need for it, we used to have to have three, four hundred photo ready samples for long lead press globally I mean I cannot even tell you how challenging it is to try and get a supplier to agree to give you something that's good enough to photograph good enough to give to a journalist four to five months before you've even produced the product like my goodness so we used to spend so much money in creating like um prototypes and models to kind of, you know, to be able to give to people to to feature in the magazine. So that was a huge, huge focus um, of our activities. We spent so much time, you know, obviously in real world eventing with press. Um, Advertising was so much more required. You know, actually advertising in mainstream publications was an absolute necessity back then. Um, And so, yeah, over the last decade, everything is so different um and you know with, what do I prefer of course I prefer it today because now we work across all you know we still maintain our wonderful relationships with journalists and and the media but equally we're able to you know have these multi multi 
multiple um, strategies of how to activate a launch, be it, you know, obviously our social media strategy, but then what are we doing with influencer? What are we doing um, in real life with, you know, experiential um, initiatives? What are we doing from guerrilla tactics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think things have advanced so much that, you know, for people launching brands today, they have so many applications at their fingertips to help them activate that launch. Even if you're launching as an e-commerce brand only and, you know, keeping it D to C, there are so many. I think there's like 1,100 app, app add-ons that you can add into your platform if you're using Shopify, for example, to enable you to, you know, help to acquire customers, help to retain customers, ratings and reviews, you name it, there's an app that's been developed that's going to help you elevate your business in a really um, accessible way from a, from a, you know, from economical point of view. Um, so I think all those advancements are wonderful for people coming into the market. I also think obviously it's, it's offered so much more opportunity to existing brands and also the ability to scale the ability to scale, the ability to internationalize your brands has just opened up completely by all of these various platforms and apps available to people. You've been in the beauty industry quite a while now, so launching various brands. How would you feel about your own progression? Not just the brands, like your own. (laughs) Well, I mean, I am, if I think about how I have developed and evolved over the last 12 years, 13 years even um I mean it's it's immense I've evolved hugely you know I have matured I have become a lot calmer in a lot of situations um I think that when you first start out you can find yourself kind of getting worked up about all things that are not kind of going your way or things that kind of have uh, maybe have gone wrong in a process or things that are going to be late or whatever it may be. And, and, you know, I think you have to kind of pick your battles um, day to day. And I think that certainly I have mellowed over the years. I used to kind of get myself quite worked up and stressed out about things I can't even control. Um, And I think that comes with age and maturity more so than the business. I think that, you know, I'm, 13 years older and I think generally just with that level of maturity you learn to you learn to not stress about things you can't control the odd thing gets me still and then I kind of have to have a word with myself and kind of and and seriously like have a word with myself like in in my mind I don't say it out loud don't worry I've not got to that point yet um because you know it's important like there are so many things that we can't control day to day and and if you if you stress about every single every single part of it you just you just step you're standing in the way of your own um evolution and the, and the businesses etc cetera, etc cetera. um i definitely think i've become a strong mentor and and coach to my team because i feel like having having built the brands over the last 13 years i have been exposed to so many scenarios and situations and 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 just events that have happened over the last 13 years the good the bad and the ugly and I think that that's that level of experience and exposure has enabled me to become a strong mentor and and 
coach and, and leader to my team, um, not as a know-it-all, but more of a, okay, once upon a time, you know, we experienced this, this is how we kind of handled it and this is how we approached it, or just even heads up about certain situations, like you might just want to think about X, Y, Z, um, because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? Taking the stuff that you've learned, taking all of the things that you've experienced and 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 ensuring that we don't kind of go around the houses <laughs> tripping up over the same kind of things. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely think that. Um, and I don't know, I still, I still have as much ambition and as much drive as I did 13 years ago. Um, and I still love product and I just love being creative. My only probably bugbear is I'm not spending enough time being creative where the business has kind of got to a certain size. And so um, I guess my one of my 2023 goals will probably be to spend a little bit more time throughout the year, you know, being creative um, and less time on the kind of more uh, operational stuff. But unfortunately, you know, you have to wear all hats. Okay, as an entrepreneur, you've got to be able to roll your sleeves up and get involved where you need to get involved, where the business needs, where it needs to strengthen and where it needs to bolster. And just simply because of the number of market market activations that we've had in the last 12 months um, and the growth that we've seen from the brands, you know, we have to make sure that operationally we're strong enough to support that level of business. You can have the best product and the best creative idea in the world, but if operationally we're not strong enough, then, you know, we won't be able to actually back it up. So, 2023, we'll see more creativity from me, hopefully. <laughs> so what would that sort of entail? What creativity are you wanting to get involved in? I want to travel more and get out in front of suppliers. Obviously, the last three years has been super challenging to be able to physically travel and freely visit suppliers, etc. But pre-pandemic, I was often traveling into multiple countries, be it Korea, be it Australia, be it the US multiple times a year and Italy and all of these key hubs for product creativity, trend shows, and just be out there. Even trend shows for other industries helps you gather inspiration around innovation and disruption because the thing that we absolutely love to do is disrupt and innovate in the white space that exists amongst our retailers, amongst our categories. Um, and I definitely feel that, and I know I'm not alone, but I, many of us have spent so much time behind a screen at our desks for too much time now. You know, it's been two, two and a half years now. And so 2023, I just want to get back out there in front of people. There's nothing like that you know, being that interaction, that human interaction, being able to go to our labs in um, our key manufacturers and actually get into the kitchen, as we call it, with them and ideate and create product together. So that level of creativity is what I yearn and miss. Um, so that's what's going to happen with me next year. Absolutely. That sounds really positive And I really hope it happens, um, especially as things <laughs> hopefully get, get even more normal. Um, it's been a slow process, but we're getting there. So just coming up to my last couple of questions, I'd quite like to know, like, what is something you're most proud of since becoming sort of a beauty entrepreneur? Is there like a standout moment or a couple of standout moments to you? 
Um, I one of my absolute proudest moments was um, actually doing. So I was asked by Allure magazine in the US to feature in their influencer edition, and so they asked me to be in this edition and invited me to New York to be part of the photo shoot. So Pat McGrath was part of it. I was part of it. And the photo shoot was shot by Patrick de Marchelier. He actually passed away earlier this year, but he's like one of the most wonderful, iconic photographers who has shot, who has photographed pretty much everyone who's everyone. Um, but I've always loved his photography. Um, and so obviously I spent all of my career being on the other side of the camera, directing the shoot, you know, working with models. And here I was, found myself on the other side of the camera being the being photographed by the one and only Patrick de Marchelier. It was such a pinch me moment because he'd always been somebody who I respected so much. I loved his work. Um, and that photograph will forever be on the mantelpiece for the grandkids and the great grandkids of the greatest photograph of me to ever exist ever, ever, ever. It'll be like, It'll be on my profile of all social media, even when I'm like 80, you know, catfishing everyone. And it will be this photograph. But it was just such an incredible day. He was just a magician behind the camera. Um, and so it was kind of just one of those moments, you know, just one you're like it was just I couldn't believe that this was happening and that my career in beauty um, and had led to this. So that was kind of super exciting. And honestly, Today, we've built a team of 60 people. If you said to me 13 years ago, Charlotte, in, you know, in 12, 13 years time, you're going to have a team of, of 60 people spanning multiple territories with three brands, you know, selling in 25 countries in 6,000 stores. La, da, 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 da. I just I, I just would I, I didn't even believe that it was possible. You know, I wanted it. And. I, I desperately wanted it, but I, I just wouldn't have been able to think, like, kind of comprehend that in my in my mind. And so I'm just so proud to have built out this incredible team of super passionate, dynamic individuals who have such a resilience, you know, their mental toughness that they have um, to show up every day and, and do what we do is just incredible. And the fact that they're on this journey with me, that they believe in me, they believe in my vision. And together, we, we, we create wonderful things. And, you know, the last three years have been in ter terribly challenging. And, you know, even after the world seemed like it was getting back to normal, if, if you rely in any which way on supply chain in your business, the kind of post COVID hangover and effects on the supply chain globally have been horrendously challenging for businesses. Um, and for the team that we, you know, the team to overcome these challenges every single day, forever thinking about problem solving. And, you know, we're like masters of firefighting. It's, it's crazy. But that's what we have to do to, 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 to get through it. And I'm just incredibly proud that they're with me and, and that they chose though they chose me and the company to to work with and uh, I just you know I hope I continue to make them proud every day because you know that's what it's all about absolutely no that's really lovely so what's next then what are your ambitions for the future are there more brands or is it developing the ones you have can you spill anything <laughs> so, right now we're laser focused on laser focus on the brands we have 
You know, we have three brands. The brands are evolving into different categories um, over the next 18 months. But the, the laser focus right now is on the brands that we have. But, you know, we're an incredibly creative bunch of people. Uh, the team are constantly thinking about new categories that we could disrupt, new categories that we could bring excitement to. Um, you know, we're an ecosystem of ideas. Sometimes we ideate concepts. Sometimes we find ourselves working on a certain product for one of the brands that we have. And then it starts to feel like that actually probably is a brand within itself. And it gets put in the uh, it gets put in the in the folder for, you know, future ideas. But certainly right now, um, it is about focusing on the brands that we have. There's a like I said, there's been so much new market activation. Um, we want to explode the brands that we have. But who knows? Will you see more brands from us in the next two to three years? Possibly. But for now, um, we're sticking with the, the three the three that we have. Well, I look forward to finding out. So thank you so much, Charlotte, for joining me today on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and so interesting. So thank you. You are welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to the In Conversation podcast. If you ever want to be there in person, make sure you sign up to our newsletter where you'll be the first to know about future events. You will also be kept up to date with breaking news, in-depth features and our data-led consumer studies. And remember to subscribe, sign up or do whatever it is to make sure you don't miss an episode.